Santa. Hey, Santa. Welcome to Hey Julia, a podcast about Santa Claus and his <laughs> extended monologue introductions to his rhyming Big Brother couplets. Reindeer Games. Yeah, rhyming. Uh, yeah. Well, hi, Danielle. How are hi. you? Hi, I'm so good. How are you? I'm. Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. We just had an amazing like ten minutes here, uh, where you saw a completely a, a side of me that's very different. Yet. Yeah. Very. But yet it's still I would the say same. not that still different. Same actually. <laughs> still the same old Brady. Still the same old Brady. Lots to talk about today. We're gonna dive into it. Big Brother is back. It Big is. Big Brother Reindeer Games. We watched some of it. So I've, I've seen two episodes. Penultimate oh, okay. episode. Okay. Yeah. Penult- I'm just gonna run through the topics, the, list. The, okay. the top the table of contents, and yeah. then we'll get into it. Hey Julie, Big Brother Reindeer Games. <laughs> hey Jeffy, Survivor 45, penultimate episode. <laughs> We watched a movie called Leave the World Behind on Netflix. Everyone's watching it. I would strongly recommend you don't watch it, but if you (laughs) want to listen to this podcast, I would strongly recommend you do watch it. I have so many. I can do four hours on this movie. We're going to do what we can. And Golden Globe nominations we need to talk about as well. Where shall we start, Danielle? You also forgot that I last night watched the season two premiere of Jack Reacher. (laughs) He's reaching. (laughs) Soul region, soul region. I think region we have to for the reach for the stars. <laughs> we have to start with obviously, hey Julie, hey Santa, reindeer games because like we. So I've watched two episodes. I didn't watch last night's episode yet, but um, we both came to a conclusion that might shock you, which is that we don't. I don't hate reindeer games. I actually find <laughs> yeah. it quite enjoyable. <laughs> Listen, like I watched the I only watched the first episode and I think I'm only going to watch the finale. Six hours a week is a lot. That's they're long more time than is in a normal week of televised Big Brother. I, I don't hate it. I just don't have time for it. And yeah. I think it's an. I think we can have an interesting, productive conversation about how it is, how it's different from regular Big Brother. Maybe some things that can be learned from it, some things that can be taken and, and put into the regular game, and vice versa. I'm not watching six hours of this crap, so that's that's where I fall. Yeah, I will actually watch every episode of this. <laughs> got, I mean, <laughs> what else? There's not that much else on to watch right now. So, and it also is so specific. Like, that's one thing I think they're hitting out of the park with this show, which is like so much jolliness and festivity. Even though I know it was probably filmed, like, when did Big Brother end? Oh, October. They filmed, this, they filmed the entire <laughs> thing over the course of seemingly six days, about a week, a week and a half ago. Right. It's just so it much was- Christmas. And there's only so much Christmas that I am immune to. I'm in a very festive se- like mood this year anyway, Brett. I'm loving the the holiday spirit. It has You're currently dressed like Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> so, notedly directed by the same person who came up with Nightmare Before Christmas, uh Halloween gotcha. Christmas mashup. Gotcha. So what's wrong with that? Um I love the lights. I love the trees. I love the cookies. I love it all. The music. Every night I put on the Netflix fireplace with the Christmas music playing. Like I'm bought in. This show, sometimes a show makes you look at your life and like where you are in your specific life's journey. And Big Brother Reindeer Games makes me go, oh, I'm a mother. <laughs> like, like this is a family show I, for a mo- a working mother like me who wants to turn her brain off, be reminded that it's Christmas and see familiar faces from past seasons of Big Brother who I enjoy. And some let's, Oh, I have some thoughts too. Okay, let's yes. Let's start with yes. that. Okay. Let's start with some I, I was going to ask you how do you feel about, oh, it's me, Nicole. I live in my small town. I relate to her now. And I have a two-year-old <laughs> son, and I live with my cute husband. I relate How to it. How do you feel about having a life so similar? I mean, we are so Nicole similar. I, I, 
I think she comes across great. I think she's adorable. And here's, I mean, I don't even think that's my most hottest take. My hottest take is that I absolutely love Frankie Grande. I think he's like the star of the show. And I think he's so good. I think you'd put, you could put Frankie Grande at, we were talking about work a little bit earlier, our separate jobs that we have. I think you could put Frankie Grande into any work situation, work-like situation, which Reindeer Games definitely is because these people are all essentially like former co-workers. You could put him into any situation like that and I think he'd do pretty well. He's very good at telling people what they want to hear, at politicking. I think he could be the COO of a Fortune 500 company. CEO. COO. So I I complained (laughs) about Frankie last week. I kind of remembered, but I kind of forgot. Like, the const the constant like making it about himself and his quips like during part like during competitions and like like when they're reading the rules and he has to say something funny after every line that annoys me but him as a co- as a player of big brother i i forget he was he was really a good player He's because excellent. he is so composed. He makes everyone feel so loved and welcome, even if he's not on the same page as them. He he's he, you know he's very Brett like in that sort of way. He's he forthcoming. He he's for, he's honest. He makes people feel good about themselves. He can be honest about like, hey, Cameron, I, you know, it's probably going to be you or something like that. But like, I'm willing to work with you. In addition to being an excellent competitor. Mm-hmm. He's a star of stage and screen. You don't get on Broadway no. by being by being uh, Bob Hart's Abishola. You got to be the new Bob, the skinny Bob. <laughs> Very good cardiovascular endurance capabilities. No, I just think I'm like he's gonna win. I have not watched last night's episode, so I have no idea. I am truly. I'm. There's no other way to watch really this show than being a casual. There's no live feeds. We all learn the same information at the same time. So I'm I'm fully bought in as a casual. I think he's got a great shot at winning. And I have no issue with that. I think he's great. Brittany has been so much fun yeah. to be back. Yeah. She's a star. You're just yeah. like, oh yeah. There's a reason yeah. you were cast the Love first it. time. Yeah. She's so good. Love it. Um, she's also a mother. I, yeah. Mother, she's mother of, three, of three. And she's younger than me. She's my age. <laughs> oh, she's 36. <laughs> she's 36. Notably older than and me. And I'm then. out at I'm out at like bars. <laughs> <laughs> Here's who I also uh, every um, night. Oh, anything about Brittany? Sorry. Love her. Josh has like matured in some ways, but not in others. Oh. He's matured in that he's like such a pro reality star now. This is his job. Oh yeah. But I find him very fun to like, again, great casting. He's fun to watch. He's not afraid to like Can say I, someone sucks or, and, and, but not in a, like a mean way, but you know, like obviously we're all going to get Cameron out or whatever it is. Like, yeah, I don't know. No, I like him. But that's what he was like in that season too. He kind of yeah. wears his heart on his sleeve. He doesn't like, just mind saying, yeah, this person sucks. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Can I talk about someone who I'm just like not feeling? Please do. My man, Xavier. Like, oh, I if know. If you don't want to be there, if you're going to make more money being a lawyer in Wisconsin, go do that. If you yeah. don't want to be there, if you're just going to be a fucking grumpus, I was like, think, not I don't engaged, think like, I'm like uh, replaying, what was it, BB22 or 23 that he won? 23, I think. 23, because 22 was, was All Stars, was Cody. Yeah. So he won BB20. I'm like replaying it in my mind. I'm like, I remember him being like pretty likable. Like he wasn't, he wasn't Frankie Grande, obviously, but he was <laughs> yeah. a charismatic guy. And he's just like, hey, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. He's like me. He's like, Merry Christmas, <laughs> fucking loser. The Grinch. Bah, humbug. <laughs> and, no, and you see Brittany play up the, she's like, Brittany's like playing up the like, eh, I kind of don't like these people. I literally right. got into a fight with Nicole. <laughs> there's like the fun Grinch. And then yeah. there's the like. Giving me like, nothing. Go you, girl, give us nothing. Here? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's just very boring. I remember thinking he was boring in his season, but kind of in like a likable way in that he was like very much he's a straight man, right? Like he's the normal person for everyone, all the crazy characters to bounce off of in a way. But I actually think he's doing that too much, where it's genuinely like you are so boring. I don't want how can I root for you? 
Brittany says in the first episode, Xavier is a giant can of nothing. No original thoughts. And then, <laughs> and then I think she's talking to, who's she talking to? Uh, like Danielle or something like that. And she and they're like, it's like, he won a season. And Brittany's like, he won? <laughs> yeah, they didn't watch. It she was had so no good. idea he won Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. It's tough because he's working with someone who I am enjoying, who I enjoyed on her season. I'm enjoying now. Taylor. Taylor's like putting her life on the line to defend Xavier. And it's already gotten her. Well, he's gone now. Cody's gone. So who cares? But like got her in trouble with Cody. And I'm sort of like, find someone else. I wish she and Josh would hook like be a fun twosome or something. Does it have to be Xavier? <clears throat> yeah. So, so. Cody got bumped the second episode, right? Cody's out. Cameron's out. That's the other thing. Everyone, people on the on in the discourse are saying like this is like fan fiction boot order because <laughs> it's like no one needed. We didn't need Cameron to really stick around and win this. Oh. Definitely don't want to watch I, Cody win again. What I found out who got bumped last night. Tell me, Danielle. No, Reyes, not you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! All right. Well, now now it's no longer a fan fiction order. Um, she was I'm like, oh my god, and her being back, amazing. Like she grandma. comes in and she's just like, fuck these people. And you're like, there she is. Where's Where's been one person like this for the last ten years on Big Brother? She comes in and she's like, I. I I want to be evil. I want right. to be evil for Christmas. Evil and I'm grandma. like, Daniel, I'll see you. I'll see you at the bars in that water village, honey. Yeah, Let's go. It's fun. It's fun. Cause we're just so used to at this point, every cast member being like, I'm here to show that like, um, like my community of Canadian moms that we are strong too. Like everyone has their like story. It's the same on Survivor. Everyone's got their like story of like, I'm actually here for something bigger than the prize money. And it's like, who cares? We want you to be there for the smallest reason possible. Yeah. So just be like a evil villain on Big Brother. And the that's Ford what- F-350 I'm going to buy with my $100,000. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you. to oh, Too bad she's gone, but you know, thank you for your service. And then well, it's such Daniel, a small cast. Yeah. Have you heard of the song Up on the Housetop? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's up. This on is not the- a Christmas song. No, it's not. It's I've cuffing ne- season. You know that song? It's cuffing season? It's like that SZA song from the SNL episode. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, two, <laughs> two things I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it just keeps running through my head since I watched Jack Reacher. Um, okay. Oh, my God. What? You actually watched Jack Reacher? I watched the first. Oh, yeah. We did talk about it. Yeah. Episode of season two. So I have another question for you. We talked about Frankie. Yeah. Who... I think is going to do well on it. And like, despite some of the things that annoys me about him is like, I think an overall, probably like a value add to the show, despite like just the disgusting self-promotion and shit. (laughs) Um, Nicole, America's sweetheart. I think she's a cutie. (laughs) America's like just complaining sweetheart. Yeah. Um, And Cody. That's the whole cast. That's, I just wanted to like, (laughs) It's, it's weird now that we're nearly 10 years removed from BB-16. BB-16 is like low-key one of the most influential seasons of Big Brother. Oh, 100%. How does it feel? Do you have anything to say How does it feel? That? It doesn't feel good, to be honest. Um, How does it feel? It doesn't feel good. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, it's not a, it, to me, I know it is iconic. It has informed a lot of the gameplay, but it, to me, was a boring season even though I like Nicole and I like Frankie now and Cody's fine. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's such a milk-a-toast season. Cody, I think Cody kind of is, is pretty boring. He when is boring. He was given the When he was given the stocking of coal, the look on his face was like, this is a man who has never been t- told no in his life by anyone, especially a woman. Ooh. And Ooh. you could see in his eyes that he was like, a woman cannot tell me what to do, <laughs> cannot give me coal. Like, you could see the the caveman in his brain oh, being like, activated. but I'm hot. 
like like I'm a hot guy and you're a woman like so you should be like falling over me and I just I delighted that like Brittany was like take the coal yeah dummy like putting it down (laughs) you get to see like whatever this is probably it for Cody and and the BB universe or maybe not because he's incredibly available it's always interesting and this is something I learned in my time at the NYU musical theater program. (laughs) But it's always interesting to see people who are used to being incredible have to do something that they're not that good at and like how they react to that or have to deal, like, like you said, like have to deal with um, a situation, like usually they get what they want and then for the first time, yeah, they don't get what they want. It's interesting. I didn't think his reaction was that bad or that dramatic, but you're right. It's always I interesting. I saw the pain in his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw the pain in his eyes. He's 32 <laughs> and he's only learning now that mm. his life, he's meaningless in this world. <laughs> I was 20, I was 24, 25 when I realized, oh, everything I thought I was good at, I'm actually pretty terrible at and I uh. need to like kind of go back and figure it all out. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, I had one other There's one other question. alumni on okay, the show sure. that is... She was in the first two episodes. Jordan plays like kind of the host in the first two episodes. Jordan of Jeff and Jordan. Oh, yeah. And I just couldn't believe like they should. They might as well have just put Kesar back on that screen and had him come (laughs) in and read it and put like a Santa hat on him. Because this was truly like. You got seventh place. (laughs) Yeah, it was just. You won some headphones. I mean, she must have just been around because surely they could have out of the cast. There's dozens of people. Surely they could have found someone to give a little more energy and a little more to the host part than this. I just thought, I was like, I can't believe, the first episode, fine. People I know loved her. But to bring her back for the second episode to do it again, I was shocked. Yeah, it was a no for me, dog. But I do like it. And like, yeah, they have a Santa. They have... um, Cute little DJ decorations Scroogey. everywhere. DJ Scroogey. <laughs> it's it's shockingly watchable. Shockingly. That's it, my it is because what I was really afraid of, listen, I was I like very much on my phone anytime mm. a competition was happening. Yes. You bet your ass. But or like cleaning. there was, was a shocking clean. amount of like scheming. <laughs> what it seemed like was happening, what it seems like from a production POV is that they kind of have three like mini comps in a day. They have yeah. the little one, like the stocking stuffer comp, and then they have a bigger comp. And then the winner of that sends two people to the, the puzzle comp at the end, or at least that's what happened in the first episode. And that's all taking place in a single day. And sort of they give everyone time between the comps to like each do their one on one and and have a little bit of scheming and a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, just a little bit of, you know, Big Brother stuff where it's like, I was just afraid that it was just going to go comp to comp to comp. And it's like, okay, well, this is nothing. But they did. There is the air for what people are, at least I like about Big Brother, which is, all right, get two of them in the bathroom and get two of them in the have not room and get two of them in the gym room. And they're going to be like, oh, who should I nominate for this or who should I put up for that? That part is good and you watch that and you're like oh it's great (laughs) it's great to see people who were mostly pretty good at this doing this even if it's a relatively low stakes thing and the other thing that i i generally liked about it even though i'm like not a huge fan of of competitions is like there was double eviction energy to the individual episodes in that I get to see people win a comp and I get to see someone sent their ass home. Yeah. And I get to see a bit of scheming in a single episode. And sometimes with the regular Big Brother week, it's like you and I tape this pod like Friday afternoons or Sunday, Saturday mornings usually. And it's like Saturday morning and you and I are like, this week is over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, there's oh, still like three more episodes to go. And like, yeah. like, so sometimes it kind of moves a little bit slowly. Like maybe Big Brother, you know, season 25 or 26 or like whenever they try to do like what they did to Survivor at season 40 when they're like, we're speeding up the cadence of the game a bit. Like, I don't know how they're going to do it, but like maybe there's two evictions a week. Maybe, maybe Big it. Brother season 30 is... 60 days and there's evictions on Tuesdays and Fridays or something like that. I don't know. I'm not 
I'm not Les Moonves, who right. also does not work at CBS. <laughs> I'm not the current head of CBS programming. I'm surely not Les Moonves. But I think there is something to learn from, like, you know what? The pace of that episode, I don't have time for it because, like, I don't have two, I don't have two hours, three days a week to watch Big Brother. Right. In the middle of December. But there is something about the pace of that and that we get a bit of scheming, a bit of competitions, and someone is definitively sent home at the end of an episode, which is working about this show. Oh, it's so good because it's already a small cast. So it's just like, oh, there's so few people I have to think about now. It's great. They just keep sending them, packing their asses, sending them home. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Do you want to talk about Survivor? Uh, yes. Oh, wait. First, yes. we did have one question. I, I thought we've, we had one question from Mango in the Discord. Whose sweater was your favorite? My favorite was Brittany's because she's, she complained the most about it. And so I just like anything that's going to get Brittany on a tear in a confessional, I like. Anything that's going to make her all fired up. So, Brittany's. I think in terms of like something that I would wear, I actually think Xavier's is pretty, like, pretty neat. They were it's like all kind of black with the yeah. They were all fun. With the, with I don't. The kind of, the you think they bought them or they made them? On it? Yeah. Yeah. They, no, they made them for them. <laughs> well, they're chic. I like um, it. Yeah, I, th- I, I think I like like if, if I had to wear something like at a party and you had to like make me pick between all of them, I think I would pick Xavier's. I think it looks pretty sleek. Sleek, chic. We love it. We watched Survivor 2 this week. <laughs> I wanted to do, I really wanted to rhyme, end this segment on a rhyme, but that was as much as the way they do in Big Brother Reindeer games. They rhymed something with Streusel. I thought that was very impressive. Um, we watched Survivor. I mean, watched is a strong word for me. I've, you are on your phone. Very much on my phone. Very strongly on my phone. Perhaps even like watching videos on my phone as I like not even a light phone lift. You're not feeling this season of Survivor. That's fine. It's just, it's just like, who's there to feel? D and Austin are there to feel each other. <laughs> They're doing enough feeling on their own. They don't need oh, me a there. little like hand on the knee hand in the helicopter the... while Katura's there. It was a hand on the thigh. It wasn't even Have on you the ever, knee. I thought it was Has this ever up. happened to you when you were like in your 20s or like in high school <laughs> and like there's maybe like a guy you're feeling or whatever? Like uh-huh. into, not, not feeling yeah. in the thigh sense. You're vibing with. But like a guy you're into and then like – you're like out with a bunch of friends, and then you see him like kind of like almost secretly like hand holding with like a with like a girl in your friend group or something like that. Or like, oh shit, I actually didn't know that the, like, these two people were like hooking up. Oh, Did you ever yeah, to you? I, yeah, yeah. And then, like, there's a there's a bit of pain in your heart. Oh no, I got who oh, I you're wanted. Heartless. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you got you got the guy from the Gilded Age. Oh, you got man. daddy. You got I daddy got train bucks. I got him, baby. Um, oh, no, yeah, I just no, like I do. Is, not that Couture is like interested in any in either of them, but I like think it's, yeah, where you're just like, situation. oh, you two are hooking yeah. up. Like, yeah, I've definitely had that. Oh, like you guys are hooking up. Oh, this episode was was weird because it was. Kind of like the most straightforward <laughs> an episode of Survivor has been in a while, especially when it's like you got 10, 15 minutes in the lead up to the tribal of Drew being like, I've never felt more confident. <laughs> I'm walking to the end. I'm like, this guy is gone. They don't they don't have the confessional direct to camera of the person talking about what a good place they are in the game unless that person's head is on a platter yeah. at the end of the episode. That is just the rule of Survivor. So I was like, there was an interesting thing of like, well, is D going to tell Austin and make the same mistake Austin made last week by telling damn D that they were all going to vote out Julie? Which obviously didn't, or they did vote out Julie. She Which, stayed. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and it's like, D's like, no, I'm smart. I decided for myself, I ain't falling in love when I'm here. I ain't kissing no boys. Maybe one can touch my thigh a little bit. <laughs> but I, there was a little, I, there wasn't that much suspense about it because I was like, dude, this is it for Drew. He like, he overplayed his hand and the re-before are, are you know, fighting Thriving. with each other. And Jake and Katura are like really well positioned now. 
This episode and this season was summed up to me when like who I don't even remember. Was it Jake who found the th- the envelope that was like, congratulations, yeah. you've won the opportunity to find a clue to get <laughs> to get immunity. That's it what survivors like, like now. I hate it. I hate it. I hate that. Congrats. Here's a freaking task that is hard to do that may or may not result in an opportunity. You a boat. <laughs> pluck them all out of the boat. So lame. Jake's, uh, so Jake touched on this last week, and I did not touch it on the show, that he teaches theater to young people. And then he talked about how he was, like, stripping down as a distraction from when he was going in his on his little idol hunt. And he's like, oh, I've stripped down to my underwear before. I was in a... I was in a production in college where I had to be on stage. Hair? How do we feel about... Yeah, hair. How do we feel about Jake the theater student? Jake the thespian. You and I both being theater... You you and I both being theater students ourselves. I support it. I love it. I love hair. So if that was the one that... I don't think it was hair. Well, what else would you strip down on stage for? There's a million (laughs) plays, Danielle. (laughs) There's a million plays. I feel like every theater person is like, oh, yeah, I had to strip down for this show. And Equus. unless it's hair. Oh, yeah. Equus, <laughs> I, which I saw. Third row center. Danny Radcliffe. Yes. Naked? Nude, babe. Yeah, they did it. They did it naked every night, I guess. I saw it. I was there. I think like it had to be that whole theater was just people like me who were like, oh, my God, Harry Potter. <laughs> I got to see Harry Potter's dick. <laughs> It had to be Um, because it was so fresh. It was like while the movies were still coming out. So fresh. (laughs) (laughs) We are the same age. This is not disgusting. Um, I saw a clip of Jeff Probst on like Regis and Kelly, <laughs> you know, Regis and Kelly, the show that's still on. It's definitely still starring Regis. Regis is no longer with us, <laughs> but Kelly, I think it's Kelly and Ryan now, unless they got someone no. else, unless Seacrest isn't doing it. I think it's Kelly and her husband. Is this a recent clip or is this when Regis recent. was? No, it's oh, Okay, Regis was not in it. No, he wasn't. <laughs> this was a Halloween episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, it's Jeff and they asked him and he said that from now on, they're not going to snuff out, but they're not going to torch the flame if someone quits because it was like such a thing. Oh, you don't season. deserve it. Yeah, You don't exactly. deserve it. We're, but which I okay, think is I a thought, little weird. Uh, yeah. I love that. I thought, that, sounds, that sounds great. What? So no, their flame just the... burns eternally? No. The flame dies out. Mm. It seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind. <laughs> they should like show a crew member just throwing it into the ocean. <laughs> Still alight. <laughs> they Burying should put it, it out on you. They should put it out on you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was reminded of watching Survivor because one of my favorite, they have a new, every week they have a new promo for Survivor signups. Mm-hmm. And every week it's, it's very, very, very Commander Riker coded when okay. he was on that like mystery show where it's like, yeah, have you ever been in a hot air balloon? <laughs> <laughs> How does a bicycle stay up? Because <laughs> every week it like it's Jeff Probst like it's coming out of like the second or third block. It's Jeff Probst like popping out of a bush and he's like, do you like to have fun? Well, I have an idea for you. You should have fun signing up for Survivor. It's a trip of a lifetime. Go to Survivor.com slash apply. And it's it's just, it's very, very Jonathan Frakes. I love that clip. I'm going to go watch that clip the second we stop recording. (laughs) It's so good. Well, we got to get the commander. We got to get the Jonathan Frakes as the as an emoji in, in the Discord. It's him saying, it's him telling you you're wrong for two minutes. That's what the clip is called. <laughs> yeah, well, there's two kinds of it. There's like one where he's like asking a stupid question, and then there's where he's like, nope, that's a lie. <laughs> you, Complete fabrication you made by our staff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we made it up. <laughs> Not this time. Nope. <laughs> okay. Okay. We we got through. We don't have anything else. Like next week, who you got, who's winning Survivor? Um, Austin. Okay. What do you think? Um, I'm gonna go D. 
I'm gonna go D. I'd be fine. I like truly, it's like last season of Big Brother 2, where I'm like, sure, whatever, whoever. No, I have no issue with any of them winning. They could all win. They should all win. Yeah, like if I were to rank like who I want to see win, it's like I'd say D, Jake, and Katura, like somewhere in the top three. I kind of like care less about Austin and Julie, but like good for them if they win too. Like I think everyone's pretty deserving at this point. <laughs> Even the Jake Katura crowd, like, even though, like, they haven't won anything, it's, like, been that kind of just, like, constant underdog, survive, claws, you know. Yeah. Especially with Jake finding an idol here, too. Like, Jake's making Final Four, y'all. Like, that's happening. Jake has an idol. Um, I'm, I mean so. this as sensitively as I can possibly mean it. But was him, they showed him collapsing several times is that leading up to something or was that just to show it that's a good call that's a good call i i, I think about that every time a challenge starts i'm like, oh, like we don't have to watch jake die on i don't want anything bad obviously medically to happen Bruce to him 2.0 but why the 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 act of showing it was a choice that i have to believe is leading to something chekhov's collapse I don't know. Speaking yeah. of collapse, let's talk about the collapse of the world as we know it. Yeah. it in as depicted by Sam Email's newest movie on Netflix called Leave the World Behind. Now, Brett is a huge fan of Sam Email. You I are... liked <laughs> Mr. Robot. <laughs> yeah. You like, I mean, but I don't I know think... if I can say I am currently a fan of Sam Email. Uh, we're going to work. I have to do spoilers on this. Yeah, we have um, to. It's on Netflix. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, so many of you people listen to this podcast and you don't even watch Big Brother or Survivor. And you're like, we're just like well, hanging you're out. You're just cool. like we'll listening to idiots. And we're talking <laughs> about this movie. Um, Danielle, what did you think of this movie? I honestly absolutely loved it until, until... Until they started really in the last like 30 minutes, I was like, okay, there's simply no way they're going to, cause I know Sam email and I know that he doesn't know. He knows how to set a scene to make it like fun. Like, Ooh, what's going to happen? This is like, who's going to do something. Ooh, so much suspense. He's so good at suspense, but then he's not good at giving any payoff to that suspense whatsoever. And they started hitting us with those lines. They started hitting us with the, with the, Man, without my phone and GPS, am I even a man? <laughs> like, like, line, like, very heavy-handed lines. If only we all use paper straws and free-range chicken. <laughs> like, just so many heavy-handed lines that I was like, okay, this, there's no chance this movie is going to be about anything interesting or give any take on anything interesting. And it's going to hide behind the fact of like, it's up to you to fill in what you think is, okay, whatever, whatever. Should we give the basic plot? <laughs> sure. Okay, so Julia Roberts is married to Ethan Hawke, who in my old age, I'm just like, I never used to think Ethan Hawke was hot. But now I'm like, wow, Ethan Hawke has got the Riz. Hey. He's got the, he's Brooklyn dad Riz out, like big time. They live in Park Slope and Ethan Hawke is like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Hawke is like a professor at CUNY or something. I, he's a professor. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's like a marketing executive. Yeah. And they have, uh, you know, these two teenage, like a son and a daughter who are in their early teens. And, and Julia Roberts hates people. And so she's like, we need to get away. We need to leave the world behind and go to the Hamptons. And so they rent this fabulous house. Which I think is going to look dated in like five years. There's just very modern barn house, farmhouse uh, look. It's very um, Magnolia, Chip and Joanna Gaines. Anyway, they get the house. Everything's looking good. They're using the pool, peeing in the pool. And then Maharshala Ali and his daughter show up. And they're like, we own this house. Maharshala Harris, the lead of my favorite show, Industry. Oh, is that her? Yeah. She looks different when she's not wearing a blazer. <laughs> she's good. She's good. She's, I did not know that was her. Um, they show up. They're like, this is our house. And Julia Roberts is like, I don't trust them. And then weird stuff starts happening. Like they lose internet. Tech doesn't work. The daughter's upset because she wants to watch the finale of Friends. And then like a big oil tanker crashes on the beach. 
a bunch of weird phenomena start happening, like culminating in like power outages, internet outages, and nobody knows what's going on. Is there like a terrorist attack happening? Did this was it just like a power plant explode? Like what is happening? And like what happens to these people? And there's like reason for for people to kind of distrust each other. The Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke couple rented this house on Airbnb or whatever, and then Mahershala Ali is the owner of the house. But do we do we know that? Do we not know that? I was and convinced kind of from the beginning from he did own the house. Yeah, well, they didn't the do a good they job. Are. I didn't think of making it seem like he didn't own the house because he immediately had the key to a cupboard and immediate and knew what was in it. So I was like, yeah, he definitely owns this house. That would have tell, told me right know. away. I would have been Ethan Hawke and been like, yeah, okay, I, I trust you. This is perhaps one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's based on a book, so I don't, and I'm certainly not going to read the book. And it's unclear how much of the source material is lifted from the book, how much dialogue, how much of the actions are lifted from the book versus how much stuff is new construction uh, for the movie or recontextualizing or re-dramatizing to, to format in more of a filmic, uh, dramatic sort of way. I have no idea. I have no idea. This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. No one talks like a human being for two fucking hours. The first scene of the movie, Julia Roberts is like, it's like she just crushed and snorted five Adderall. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, get up, honey. I booked us a, 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 a thing. And she says, and I knew we were in trouble here. She says in the first scene, she goes, oh, I put the co- email confirmation for the rental house on the nightstand, right next to the coffee. I made it just, just how the you, way like, you it. like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noted that too. No one says I made coffee just <laughs> how you like it. That's how that's how people in movies talk. To like your Danielle, longtime you're partner. You're married. I know. You're married to a longtime partner. Yeah. Has have I don't know who makes the coffee in the morning, but has either of you said that to each we, other? We go, I do it on the weekdays, he does it on the weekends. No, but we do but when do we you bring say, it up. I made coffee. When we bring it up, we do say like nice and fluffy today <laughs> we used to so, you have a weird ins- so you have a fun inside joke about it <laughs> i was in a relationship for six years i made coffee every damn morning that was my job and yeah. i never said honey <laughs> i made it just the way you like nice it and hot. If you've been, they have a 16 year old son and she needs to say the coffee by the way is the way you like it this morning because we are in fact married <laughs> off to a bad start yeah, like what? A how bunch do you of stuff like that it happens if it's not the way you like it. <laughs> like, how are you before making it? Before you're ever married, it's like you figure out how the other one likes to have coffee, and yeah. it's like a little bit of milk, a little bit of almond milk, black, mm-hmm. tons yeah. of sugar, whatever, whatever. A bunch of stuff happens like that. A couple scenes later, she comes up to him and she's like, she puts down a pack of cigarettes on the on the kitchen island, and he's mm-hmm. like, oh, they're not mine, honey. I swear. Yeah, yeah. And she's like. Honey, I know that when you like when we go on vacation, you like to occasionally have a, a pack of cigarettes. So I bought you a pack of cigarettes because that's the thing you like to do on vacations. Stop telling me what your relationship is. Just have a relationship. We'll figure it out. And this isn't even the worst stuff that's wrong with the movie, but this is how everybody talks. To, like the characters who are supposed to have been married for 20 years talk like they just met, and everyone else talks like they're on the fucking show Lost. If you're yeah, if you're doing a mystery lost. box type sci-fi movie, which is what this is, there just needs to be a new rule of like if everyone is if at most issues like plot issues would be solved by people talking to each other like normal human beings for two fucking minutes. Instead of just like asking a question upon a question, no, non-answer, non-answer, like then your then your screenplay is fucked. Then your plot mechanics are fucked because. But didn't you think the music was so moody? An hour of this movie was like the standoff between Julia Roberts and Mahershala Ali and their daughter. When it's like, okay, first of all, she booked the Airbnb 
earlier that morning, overnight, she says that in the first scene. And then he shows up at the door and he's like, hi, it's me, George. I own the house. Yeah. Well, he could have said that. Hey, it's, hey, I'm so sorry. It's me, George. We were emailing back and forth on Airbnb. I apologize. I was supposed to be in the city tonight. I couldn't make it in because something happened. Do you mind if we sleep in the extra bedroom? That's what normal people would have done. Yeah. And that's how that conversation should have gone. But it's, it's like, who are you? Who are you? Well, I'm G.H. I guess it's George to you. Like, why would he be obscuring his own name? He'd be like, I'm so sorry. I own the house. And then she would be like, instead of being like, what? What are you talking about? Email? Like, you were just doing this. You printed out the email confirmation in the first scene that you put right next to the coffee. That's exactly how Ethan Hawke likes to drink the coffee. Yeah. It is so... Stupid and business. But didn't you think it was like, scary when the oil happens. tanker came onto the beach? No, no. So <laughs> I thought that was great. What this movie. So there's okay, a couple things. <laughs> I, I have so much to say about this. This okay. So I'm gonna answer your questions directly before I go into a second. Okay, thank you. This movie is a collection of like whoa, holy yeah. shit, yeah. like moments of like infrastructure collapsing, an oil tanker rams straight into a beach perpendicular to the to the beach. And you're like, whoa, what happened? They lose control, whatever. There's a scene where they're driving on the highway and all of these Tesla cars are auto-driving, auto-piloting into each other. And like, oh no, have they all been hacked or whatever? There's a scene where Ethan Hawke is getting chased by a drone. And you're like, whoa, no, he's getting chased by a drone. But it's all a collection of moments and you don't know what any of it is for or what any of it means. You get literally pretty much 98% of the way through the movie until you understand what is even happening. But you don't ever understand. Basically, yeah. Well, there's. it's like you kind of have to just believe like what Mahershala's last monologue is like kind of what's happening. And you have to like, well, I guess that's the ending of the movie. Because it does end on a big, like, I don't know. Esmail <laughs> is really, like, to your point, he can frame up a shot. I don't know if it's, like, the best framing, but it's, like, he's really interesting. He uses a lot of Dutch angles. He uses a lot of... The, the camera's upside down and it spins yeah, around yeah. and it follows her up the staircase at a very interesting angle or it's shot directly top down. And he uses a lot of suspense. And I hate to be like film guy here, but stupid fucking Alfred Hitchcock says (laughs) that suspense and tension is two people talking at a table and there's a bomb under the table and the audience knows the bomb is there and knows how much time is left on the timer. But the people, the two people talking at the table don't know. Mm -hmm. And all of this movie is like suspense for suspense sake. And nobody knows what's going on. The people in the movie don't know what's going on. And the audience doesn't know what's going on. There's a sequence where there's like three things happen. Three separate characters are all kind of doing their own thing. Mahershala is like investigating this plane crash at the beach. Ethan Hawke is like driving through this field and he's getting chased by a drone. And then the two kids are in the scary shed and they're, they're kind of like seeing, they're like, they're, they're noticing that there's like, Oh, you can look directly into one of the bedrooms from the shed. And they're kind of like having this really like, Oh, is someone in this shed like spying on them? Right. Um, And it's the way it's shot, the way the music is, it's building anticipation, building anticipation, building suspense. And there's a part in it where, Ethan Hawke is driving as fast as he can from this drone, and this drone starts dropping this red material from it. And mm-hmm. you don't know what it like, is. It, could it be blood? Is it, it, is it blood? Is it like a biological agent? Is it gas? Yeah. yeah. Is it ro- – like if they're, they're the same color as like rose petals. Is it rose petals? What like What is it? And they don't tell you what it is till many scenes later, and they're just like pamphlets. And you're like, I don't know – what to be afraid of. You watch Jurassic Park and it's like, these are dinosaurs. They're going to eat your fucking head off and rip you open. And you know exactly what the threat is and you build the suspense based on how are they going to get away from this dinosaur? Oh no, they're trapped in a kitchen with this dinosaur who plays by different rules than the other dinosaur. 
there's another whole thing in this movie about deer and like there's a bunch of deer hanging out there and there's another suspenseful sequence where Maha Harris and Julia Roberts are in front of the the shed, the aforementioned shed, and they're being surrounded by deer and it's like ominous and the deers are approaching and they're, they're deer, by the way. And it's like shot of Julie Roberts' face, shot of a deer's face, shot of my <laughs> face, shot of a deer's face. And I'm laughing because it's like, are they going to eat her? Are they right. going to stomp her to death? Are they going to impale her with Rammer. their horns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know because the deer have done nothing in this movie other than stand there. Are, like, I know what a dinosaur is going to do. A dinosaur is going to chase her and eat her yeah. or a tiger or a lion. I don't know what a deer does. But we didn't know if the deer. And then they, they just start screaming at the deer. And what do the deer do? They act like deer. They run away because they're afraid of everything. So what are we building all of this suspense for if there is no payoff for anything and we don't yeah, even no know the we we don't even know what would happen to them if the deer did attack. Are the deer going to attack? They're deer. Deer don't attack. Like, don't show me a deer if it's like in a menacing way. If it's not going to be menacing. Well, because it's like maybe the sound is driving and the and the bio warfare is driving the deer to madness, and they will attack Julia Roberts. Maybe a deer will. So there's another part of this movie where, or there's a version of this movie where it's about the six characters julia roberts ethan hawk mahershala his daughter and their two and then their son and daughter where it's about the six of them in this house and they and their internet goes out their phones go out there's some you know they they catch a little bit of cnn for like a second they get a couple news alerts on their phones and they disappear and it's like is america under attack right now and they don't know and they don't know whether to trust each other they don't know whether to trust the outside world kevin bacon plays a neighbor who's like a bit of a survivalist you know yeah. maga sort yeah. of guy <laughs> they don't know whether to trust him or not and there's a there's a version of this movie that's like something that exists in the four walls where it's about each of them has a different perspective on what they should do and you don't know what what is happening except for these people are constantly leaving the house yeah so you don't even have the suspense of like staying in there and having these different philosophies and worldviews play out of each other and having the actual theme of this movie is like what happens if we lose all technology do we turn on each other that doesn't even get to play out because they're constantly leaving the house and going to other houses and going to do other things and when they're in the home together, none of them are forthright with each other ever about anything. They can't even, even answer a basic question of like, are you the owner of the house? And he has to like hide the answer of that for 30 minutes. It is so it is so poorly written, poorly thought out. It, I was so offended that you made me watch this. Well, I thought it was like a really fun movie to watch for the first, <laughs> like I said. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I'm so sorry people are listening to this episode we got questions about it we're not the listen this movie whether you like it or not is part of the zeitgeist so you should be thanking me that you watched it because people care people wanted to know if you were in Leave the World Behind, this is from My Name is Claude. How would you have handled the massive mob of possessed deer staring at you? That's exactly right. Like, we didn't know if they maybe drank the poison and we're going to attack. We don't know. What poison? Exactly. Not, like, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Russia could have been I given done the poison. Exa- I would have done exactly what Julia Roberts did, which is yell at them and then they ran away. I would have never. More sensible. She's yelling at them and they're not running away and they're not running away. And then they do. And then she breaks down in tears because of a deer. I would never have left so the house, honey. Silly. It was I was laughing throughout the first the, <laughs> the final half hour of the movie. And it was not trying to be funny. I just hated how they There's made also it. a sequence. There's also a sequence towards the end too, where like the sun's, or the sun wakes up and all his teeth start falling out of his head. I know that was gross. But it was really care. gross. He didn't care. It was really gross. So they're like, <laughs> "Well, we need to go to Kevin Bacon's house." Yeah, he's one of those like survivalist hoarder type people who has like you know years Every supply medicine. of water and food and medicine or whatever. And they go to his house, and of course they get into like a gun standoff thing and Mahershala's pointing the gun at Kevin Bacon and Kevin Bacon's pointing the gun at Mahershala and Ethan Hawke's in the middle. He's like, I just need medicine for my son. Will you please give me med-? Like, what medicine is there for teeth falling out of your head disease? Well, also, what he wasn't in medicine? pain. He wasn't in pain. He's he just like, kept pulling out teeth. Like, 
you you guys are about to shoot each other and you were begging, pleading, crying, I need medicine for my, you don't even know what he has. And he, no, it, I don't know what sickness is. All your teeth just pop out of your head on a Tuesday morning. But it's I reiterate, like, he didn't care. The son was like, oh, my teeth are falling out. <laughs> like, but he then was they not. show him taking the pills. What pills is he taking? I actually want to know the answer to this question. <laughs> That's a specific, like, I don't need to know specifically what how Ethan Hawke takes his coffee in the morning. But you know what? What pill are you taking for teeth falling out of the head? If he had a gross infection, we need antibiotics now. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, my, my wife has cancer. She needs a pain thing or she needs this thing. This guy has the most sickening, gross, random thing that doesn't happen to anybody and they eventually get pills for teeth popping out of the head? Are they going to grow the teeth back? <laughs> this movie is so unbelievably stupid. <laughs> and I need, to I need to talk about the credits. I need to talk about the credits of this oh, film. Okay. There were two names in those credits listed as executive producer. That shocked you. Did you catch, did you catch those names? Former... President and First Lady, Michelle Obama. Barry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Barry and Michelle Obama yes. produced this movie. Executive produced this movie, which means, for all I know, their production company gave them a couple million dollars and, like, Barry they and Michelle, like, read it. the script. Yeah. Like, they watched the movie once and they sent a couple emails on, like, some notes. Yeah. I, listen, we love them. We love their service. Great Thank people. Wish service. them the best. Yeah. Maybe you're not movie producers. <laughs> it is kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It's like it. I feel like makes people want to look more into this movie than they need to. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of speeches that Mahershala Ali gives in the movie about like he works with these very rich and powerful people who are more powerful than you can even imagine. And like they like have this secret evil cabal that they talk about as a joke, but is it real? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, I don't know if you want to soak the flyers of. People thinking that that's what the, you are involved in as high-ranking political officials. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. I hated that they made Ethan Hawke say, without my phone and GPS, I'm nothing. I'm not oh, even man. a man. <laughs> so stupid. It was just so, like, it was just so, like, pedantic and, like, just so, like, hit over the head with, like, that stuff and, and like, Julia Roberts' speech about, like, the world is like going to hell and we're all going to die, but we use paper straws and eat free-range chicken so we feel better about ourselves. Obsessed. And it's like, like the scene after the after the oil tanker crash, they go back to the house and the kids kind of just start playing in the pool because they have nothing else to do. And she's like, look at them. They just saw a horrific thing. But to them, everything is just like a new episode. It's just like they're watching a, you know, a show on streaming TV okay. and they can just forget about it. And it's like, shut up. I what have to boring what a boring lazy observation to make. But I feel like that was the point. Like give me, let me give you two readings that I saw of this movie that I thought were that I want to give to you. One is that the kids, the kid, the daughter mostly is like meant to represent all of youth who is like she's the one who sees the oil tanker coming, right? And no one listens to her. And like, she's the one who's like, this is not okay, but no one listens to her. And then at the end, she finds a way to make her, but she just wants to escape. She wants to go into her little screen she and watch her little show. She goes into the nuclear bunker and she washes friends. Yeah, in the end, she ends up being okay because she finds this great bunker full of food She's and friends. So she like, but I thought that was a very strange, I was like, so what am I supposed to take out of that? Okay, yes, the youth of today are like, trying to tell us something. I get it. We, I agree. Climate change is horrible. Or is that like, is that what I'm supposed to take about this movie? That like, they're trying to tell us something and we're not listening or we don't care. Is that what I'm supposed to take? Yeah, and making this movie is not going to help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then if that is, what is the end supposed to be meaning that she watches friends and she's going to be okay? Cause she's just magically appears upon. I don't get it. I didn't get that, but that is one reading I saw. And then the other reading I saw, which I actually kind of liked, was that this movie is about the bourgeoisie realizing that like their way of life is over and like there's going to be chaos and they just can't handle it. Mm -hmm. I kind of liked that. I thought sure. that was fun. I, I I didn't think it was that egregious in this movie, but I am a little, I'm a little bit sick of the trope of the young child is like the only person who can see what's going on. They're wise. And like every adult doesn't. Mm -hmm. Because I, I thought that the, the young woman who played the daughter was like, 
pretty good and like kind of a kind of a well-drawn character the son, like the older son was like a complete nothing character he was, he was like 17 and he still like bullies his like i know teenage, like, grow up when you're 17 like you don't have <laughs> you don't care about bullying like, your, no. your little sister anymore like grow up it was just like didn't know what kids act and yeah, I thought it was fine in this movie, but there's like a lot of it's a trope in things where it's like the adults don't know what's going on and the kid like can see the truth or can see mm. the ghost or mm. can see the thing. I mean, I don't I'm not around kids, but has anyone ever been around kids? Kids are idiots. <laughs> a kid you talk to it like okay, like so an eight-year-old in a movie is yeah. like, I saw the ghost come through the television screen, and all the to- adults are like, Yeah, whatever, you dummy. I mean, and, and but the kid actually is right. Every kid in real life is like, Do you know what can jump higher than anything? A bear. And you're like, that's <laughs> not true. That's completely made. You just like made up shit. Bears, you're you're an idiot. Like a kid will be like, Oh, the fastest thing in the world is a boat. And it's like, no, it's not. It's a fucking pl- fast plane. Fast you can do super socket, <laughs> sonic rockets. Yeah, Kids Sonic the Hedgehog. Kids just say stuff. Kids just say stuff. Let's stop making this a trope that like the kids can see. Kids don't know anything. Be around one kid for five seconds. Well, my issue was Danielle, like you should try it one day. But my issue was that like <laughs> the adults, the old people in this movie, are like Mr. Gen X himself, Ethan Hawke. It's not like yeah, Gen exactly. X was the issue. So what? Well, I don't really get. I don't think that it worked generation wise. Gen X is not that bad. They're not bad at all. Yeah, they're fact. just they're just smoking weed and listening. Well, you know what? I mean, they are. They're know. doing exactly what they said that character is doing, which is smoking weed and listening to like alt rock from the early nineties. Yeah, I just wearing wouldn't, a bikini I wouldn't kill know shirt. I'm like so much younger than that. But like, wow, we don't even have time to talk about. Season two, episode one of Jack Reacher. Talk uh, about it. We we have time. I, Unless you got to go. All I can say is that like I, w- I watched the first season of Jack Reacher too. Can you believe it? I can't because I don't remember anything about it. All I remember, my brain when I watch that show turns into like this puddle. And like speaking of cavemen, I just, all I can think is like, Big man, <laughs> like he's just oh, so like big. How hot that guy is. He's no, I and mean, how he, big he, is. he is hot, but it's more that like he's just so huge. And it's like, it's so crazy to see an actor instead of like AI looking like an actor, an actor looking like AI, because that's what he <laughs> looks like. And it's, it's just like in every scene, it's absolutely stunning and jarring. And that's what keeps me coming back for more is I'm like, how are they going to make this guy look even bigger? <laughs> like they give him a little ice cream cone and the it's like, things, oh my God, yeah. he's so big. The two <laughs> thing that's funny about Jack Reacher is that in the book, it's like part of the text is this guy is motherfucking huge. And it's <laughs> so like big. every, the books are He's all about how boy. big this guy is. Yeah. And then they got Tom Cruise playing in the movies. <laughs> Noticeably small man, small short king boy. Tom Cruise. And then in, so they, they've corrected that in the TV show. And I, I, I see the ads for the new Reacher season. And there's one shot where he's like, uh, they they killed my brother, like my fallen brother, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like the typical, like the ter- typical mir- uh, military funeral, like in the pouring rain <laughs> thing. And he's like at the thing, and he like raises up. He does this like the slow salute in the yeah, rain, yeah. and he's so buff and big that it just like the the, the geography, so the tight. geometry of it looks weird. It's like his hand is so small in comparison to how big his head is, and he's so much bigger than everybody That's at the big- funeral. I'm like this. Is is a jo- this is supposed to be funny. This is I mean, a comedy. Yes, like even the shots of him just like walking down the street. I said to Thomas, I was my husband, I was like, doesn't that look weird? It looks so like <laughs> him walking down the street, like his arms can't even touch his body. They're so big. I just have never, I don't know. I think that he's one in a million, this guy. I don't know where the hell they found yeah. him to play Jack Reacher, but he like it's perfect. Big boy city. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But so that's what I watched. And then like we can't, I don't know, the Golden Globes came out but there's not really oh, we gotta we, we gotta do that next week i have so much to say well yeah yeah we have quick quick question from pisky okay i'm going to walgreens y'all need anything i actually do i have a list um pisky i keep a list okay. so let me tell you first of all i need to know yeah, i also have a groceries and like pharmacy like list. note app. yeah 
Note app note. Yeah. So I'm going to need obviously diapers, <laughs> size four, please. Nail polish remover, makeup remover, and dishwasher pods. If you could pick those up, that'd be so great. Thank you. Wow. Dishwasher club. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't know what that's like. Listen, I lived my whole life. Well, not my whole life, my whole adult life without one in New York. And then I got one in Toronto. And now I'm telling you. And a washer dryer in unit too. Give me a break. Oh, oh, I got that. I got that way. I just don't have a dishwasher in my place. You don't need one when it's just you. Uh, that's how I felt. Because my, <laughs> apart- my last apartment, I had one. And the first like year I was living there, I was like, I don't need a dishwasher. What do I need a dishwasher for? I don't even think you need and one then- as a couple. And no, but then, but then you like, oh, I didn't do it every night. I was just like slowly fill it up over the week. And then when it was like full or I didn't have any dishes left, I would run it. Yeah. Did you get like roaches? Cause you just kept left disgusting food sitting in your dishwasher. No, I didn't like leave a fucking full cake inside of the dishwasher. (laughs) I made a cake. I had one bite and I said, this is not for me. And I put the full cake (laughs) on the plate in the dishwasher and I left it. Left it for two weeks. I'm you know those like cake, those cake stands. It's like the plate with the stand yeah, on, on the bottom. Yeah, of course I know. What I that put is. that. I put that <laughs> yeah. in the dishwasher. Well, thank you for your questions and comments, and everyone keeping the Discord alive, even though it's kind of the off season. We love it. Um, Live. We will be Live back. There's much to discuss. Still, there's more reindeer games next week. <laughs> and the survivor uh, survivor finale. finale, reindeer games finale. Perfect. Next week. And there's just like so much good stuff coming out other than Jack Reacher season two. I'm seeing poor things tonight. <sighs> You're lucky. You're I lucky. Um, so we'll have much more to discuss. Thank you all for listening. You can tweet at us, hey Julie BB, and you can email us, hey Julie Big Brother at gmail.com. We got an email this week, but it was like like an automated thing oh. from like one, of the, <laughs> one of the services we pay for. <laughs> damn it Uh, thank you for listening we'll see you next time bye Julie love you bye Julie